Hey, this is Eric Oldman. You're listening to the Rockin' Chicago Show. In each episode, I connect with musicians, artists, and industry people who are involved with Chicago's underground and independent music scene. The show is really a conversation about our creative processes, our hopes, our dreams, and experiences recovering as we all navigate through the challenges brought on by the pandemic and moving forward to a new day where we can create and perform music in and around our fair city. Our guest for this episode is Pamela Maurer. Pamela is a musician, multimedia artist, and designer who writes and performs with her group Baby Money and the Down Payments. Their sound mixes elements of Motown era soul with garage rock and a more modern indie pop sensibility. In February, Pamela released a visual album called Holiday Magic, a collection of tunes tied together in a series of music videos. During the course of the last year, she produced Holiday Magic remotely via Zoom with a team of musicians, engineers, artists, and choreographers spread out across the country. Today we'll get into the backstory and details of how she put Holiday Magic together, along with talking about coping and getting through the last year of the pandemic. Yeah, how have you been? How have you been holding up over the last year? It's been really strange. I mean, I think all of us are in this, like... Um... I don't even know quite what to, how to describe it because it feels like a levitation almost. You know, you know professionally, I'm a visual art person and I work in the events industry. And so I've been curled since June, you know, so that's been really strange. Um, no, I was just going to say, so on a number of fronts, like you were sort of kind of stifled because you couldn't really do what you do for your, your 
a sort of day gig as we'll call it, you know, with doing kind of the design stuff that you do. Um, and then, yeah, gigs are done. Like music is just kind of in a free fall. Yeah, so. Exactly. It's been, yeah, out, you know, I use this word and I know that it's going to like be out of, out of, taking out of context, this word is not the right word, but I keep thinking of this folder as being very suspenseful, like not sure what's going to happen. Everything's on hold. No clue when it's going to change. No real like control over a lot of the circumstances around, you know, what's been happening. And just like observing certain people really struggle, certain people really succeed. And so like, I've been just trying to be, honestly, you know, I think it's been a really good thing for me to slow down. Like I think I was working myself into a, into a really great, <laughs> but, but also, yeah, I will say like those first few months, like I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of, you know, myself into I mean that's how how I exactly yeah so I just started writing and and making as much exactly make stuff keep busy keep busy keep busy like you know I know this is gonna sound darker than I need it to but it's literally like okay so I have to keep myself occupied from this point in the morning until I sleep and I live alone and I have no pets and I have no cares and I have no job and you know all of it like so like I got really good at yoga. I got really into cooking. I've been writing a ton of music. I've been doing all. Of, I've been learning how to make music videos because you know I I knew how to make scenery. I knew how to make costumes and props and stuff like that. But I never worked with film or video at all. So I've just been trying to like keep keep almost like clock in to my life if that makes any sense and just kind of like keep on going and I try I'm like trying to keep myself in like an okay neutral state, state of mind and I'm also just like trying to you know connect with people and like keep like my family's had a lot of trouble with this my brother has canceled his wedding my mom broke her arm they live in Colorado like it's just been like thing after thing so I feel like it's not just me you know um, a lot of people have it way worse too so I, I feel like it's just been kind of suspenseful and I think the energy, I heard somebody say this recently, another creative talking about the energy of right now. I, I, a lot of my creative friends have been kind of describing this time as this rebirth for them, and this renewal, this growth, this huge explosion of creativity. And one particular person uh, used the word war energy, which has just stuck with me for the last few, few months because it, 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 it does almost feel like that, like, we have this like mission as artists to like express whatever it is we have to express and like given an, a completely nothing else to do it's like it's our duty it's our freaking like stood up like here we go you know completely out of the context of kind of the, the musical worlds yeah. that you know you, you kind of exist and also myself but um the guitar player from king crimson robert fripp uh, has been putting on these little sunday shows with his wife just in his kitchen and they get costumes up and all that and everybody thinks like oh he's just some old kaji progressive rock guitar player but they're doing like zz top and they're doing like crazy metal stuff and like these people are up in years but you know, it's all tongue in cheek and it's all in good fun. But, um, you know, he kind of brought it to like just kind of a tradition in the arts over in the UK of like in times like this, 
you need to find a light and a way to move forward. And as musicians and artists, that's part of your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could look at it as an entertainment thing, and that's surely part of it. But also the, the catharsis of creating and connecting through your art, you know. Um, and I, I see that a lot more now with a lot of the different people. I mean, you being able to find a thread to kind of get started with and then just kind of put stuff out there um, just because you yeah, have to. It's like I mean, a what else is there right? to do? Exactly. Right. What else is there right. to do? Yeah. Well, I, I always was using every scrap of time to like squeeze this stuff in um, because I have to get right. out of my body. You know what I mean? But right. so now it's like, okay, well, yeah. given your truest wish in your whole life, which is you don't have to go, you can't go to work. Um, right. You, you know, you know those times when you're like really want to go see a friend play or a band that you really love play, and but you have an idea like right before showtime, and you're like, damn it, <laughs> like I guess I'll have to put this on hold for another day. Like I don't have any excuses now. Um, so right. yeah, it feels yep. like yeah, it feels like the job is like okay, well right now my job is to just do this thing that I do, and then I'll figure it out. <laughs> I actually watched, um, we can kind of talk about Holiday Magic, the Holiday Magic Project, and um, man, I, I watched that two times. I watched it today, I watched it Friday, I watched bits and pieces throughout the week just to try to get familiar with it. But then I started kind of diving into like just the whole concept of it and then looking at how many people you were able to pull together. So. Was Holiday Magic something that came about because of the pandemic, or was it something, um, like, where did it start with you? Like, was that something you were going to do before any of this happened, and then just kind of blew up? Well, or? It, it's kind of two parts, because, like, the the music part of the album, I actually finished right before the pandemic started. We got, we finalized the mixes and masters if I remember this correctly, February 2nd or 3rd of 2020. And the plan was, I've so the whole Holiday Magic thing was this funny little itch. Like, I've always wanted to make some kind of disco or pop or dance record, like, just for fun. Like, I, I you know, I have a really eclectic taste in music myself. And I feel like it's such, it would be, you know, out, it was kind of like me being sarcastic. A friend had basically told me like, if baby money ever stopped yelling about like capitalism, you would probably make a lot of money, you know, like you could probably do okay as a songwriter. If you just thought about like nice, write yeah, a love I was, song. Like, I was, right, like, this yeah. is still like the creative equivalent <laughs> of telling a woman to smile. Like, no, you know, like I was being very stubborn and like really like annoyed at yeah. my friend, but you know, as like halfway a tease, halfway a bet, halfway truly just like, I guess I haven't ever written a love song. Why is that? You know? And then just starting to think about that. I started writing these little songs and they, you know, I, I originally I had brought, brought them to baby money, like a couple of ideas and it just like, wasn't working with us as a band. And like Sarah was about to have her second kid and it just was and like Hillary was moving. I just felt like we were in this like weird transition as a band. So what I started doing is just like every Monday for a couple of hours, I would go and work with, Brad Althaus, who runs Gunhead Studios, and it goes by Barbara Bush. He has that big, gigantic funk band. He's, he's, he had produced and, and was the engineer in our last record as Baby Money, the Down Payments. And so when when I had enough, like, little weird ideas kind of demoed, I, like, 
you know, had slowly downloaded them at the laundromat, literally like musical typed them into my laptop. So I was like, okay, this is not embarrassing, but kind of embarrassing. Brad, do you want to look at this stuff with me? You know, a bunch more about electronic music and synths and drum machine. Like, I don't know anything about that stuff. That's never been my, like, I've always loved playing rock and roll or, you know, before that I played in kind of rootsy bands. So like, it's almost the opposite of my approach to music. And so he was like slowly teaching me stuff. He's, we would just like, you know, listen to some of my favorite songs. He would listen to kind of my shitty demo. And then he'd be like, mm, how about you sit down? And uh, I played piano since I was a little kid. So he so he has tons of keyboards. So he'd be like, how about you sit down over there? And then he'd like, you know, go beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. And then he'd be like, okay, just play your song. You know, right. we'll just start from here. Right. And uh, we did that for, for several months, just like, like almost weekly, just literally a couple hours at a time. And the whole thing came together. So I was like, Act one. Then pandemic hit. Literally the week after I had secured like a gallery type show space Mm -hmm. that I was going to, my goal, my dream for the project was almost to have a one time only like super group, you know, inside of the context of a, of an art gallery with my art hanging and like a really amazing installation that would become part of the show that we would then create videos from that was the original idea um and so when things shut down i was like well crap i don't know like i don't know how to release this music i really like it it definitely needed something visual in my mind like it didn't feel complete just as music because i'd never like it always had had been in my mind that it was going to be this kind of art so I was like really, really struggling to adjust my expectations, I guess, you know, like we all were, which is like, uh, what now? Like, holy shit, the world just completely changed. Um, so, so anyway, I was kind of not doing anything specific. I was just like bashing myself around all my various random ass projects. And um, it kind of like hit me like, wait, the this type of music these lengths of songs the style everything video. it's like made for mtv early era mtv video yeah. like it is made for it and like right. it was like duh like all yeah. went off in my brain and so i started with just yeah. sugar crust which is the second song in the album and yeah. and i was like uh okay i really want this to be a dance video but we're in the middle of lockdown how do I do that? So I called a yeah. friend of mine right. who uh, is a choreographer and I was like, Hey, would you be able to like choreograph me via zoom and like make me not look like an idiot on camera? Yeah. Oh, wow. and so that was, the, that okay. was how yeah. it started. But then she was like, she was like, let me, I have a friend in Minneapolis. She would probably like to do this too. So the three of us started working together and they ended up, they're in the, all yeah, over all zoom. Over zoom hundred percent. Yeah. They recorded their wow. Zoom stuff and with the, yeah. they uploaded it to me. They recorded all of their own videos of themselves. Uh, yeah. I recorded all of my video of myself. And then, yeah, it was all through the drive and Zoom that we did all of that. And so, like, once that happened, yeah. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> like, you know, if I embrace this lo-fi style, which is amicable to me anyway, like amiable, whatever the word is, like, I like it anyway. Right. See, it's the music see it's connecting you to people and, and like kind of forcing me to be social which at that moment i really needed just like may you know um right and social through technology exactly right. so yep. it just kind of all yeah. fell into place and i i mean it was like it was all so 
kind of luck and also it's something I've always wanted to do you know but part of it is I'd always said to myself like oh I'm not a tech person like I'm not a video guy like I'm not gonna do that you know I'm not gonna like video people art that is a real it is a real art form and like I am not anywhere close to a master of it and man it's hard you know um it takes some freaking time it's just like making music and 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 it's once you it actually does, see yeah. behind the curtain, it you gain a new respect for it, exactly, exactly. When yeah, as for recording, it's the oh same. Oh my process, god, yeah. yeah, and just the the yeah. you know you can consider editing the mix and then the all the many passes of color correction and all that stuff. Yeah. Mastering, I would consider right. you know. Effects, oh my god, yeah, all the right. all even just the sequencing to make sure everything's timed, you know, just so it's really really hard. So exactly. I. It really was a great, it was like, you know, my mom took up jigsaw puzzles. I took up making videos and that's how the whole thing became a, a, a first a single. And then I was like, well, if Beyonce can make a visual album, I could probably make a Right. <laughs> when life gives you lemonade. You know, literally. When, I, when Beyonce <laughs> to, taught to me turn that a pun, you right. have a full visual right. album by dropping lemonade, that yeah. actually probably is the... the you know and other artists have done it too and they've done it really well so I, I just was like man I wonder what the DIY version of this is and I wonder I wonder yeah and then yeah we just slowly started tapping you know you mentioned I was able to collaborate with quite a few people considering the circumstances every single person was via zoom and phone calls just all super safe feeling nobody has to you know, try to figure anything out I was like what's that even You just kind of were more like in an art director mm-hmm. role of like, hey, I'm thinking mm-hmm. this feel here's, or this Exactly. Palette. Here's some inspiration images. If you got something, exactly. make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Here's kind of what my right. vibe is going to be. Like, here's kind of what I'm thinking I might wear. And yeah. And then like, you know, I added a few things like Sabrina, the choreographer from Minnesota. She, for whatever reason, she she sent just two clips with these red plastic heart-shaped sunglasses. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what it was about that the lighting those that those clips was super different from the other stuff she had sent and uh i thought her sunglasses were awesome so i was like yo where did you get those sunglasses and i ordered myself a pair of green ones and then i actually added footage of myself that i i like went back into the second pass after i got their stuff just to kind of connect it a little bit more um right anyway yeah (laughs) coping it was a lot of coping so yeah Coping in project management and art direction. I mean, that kind of sizable group of people that were involved with it is really impressive. Um, and to just given the the breadth of you have to do the video editing, you have to, you know all the technical stuff that goes with that, and dealing with music, and then just the choreography. Who made the um? Did you make? Did you actually make I the did. costume for the Valentine yeah. candy? That's this fucking awesome. That's like my favorite character <laughs> uh, of the piece. Yeah. Especially with the puppy and the stranger. Oh That's great. Yeah. Okay. So that character is named Sprinkles Valentine. And yeah. I definitely was like standing a giant Valentine heart in the middle of like 
you know, the election, or I guess right. this was, before, you know, before the election election, but like, and then it, I remember the week that it, that I was constructing him was one of the weeks that Trump was mm-hmm. basically trying to blow up our country. And I was just like angrily standing, right. like trying to get this Valentine heart, like just <laughs> so, cause I really wanted it to look so right. real. Um, so yeah. that it was that so was surreal. Well Thank you. Yay. That's what I do for my yeah. day job. <laughs> yeah. I was like, right. wait, I've You're never done like- this kind of keep those I know, skills sharp, I've never right? done yep. anything like that for myself like I do that all the time for other people right. I can't tell you how many pieces of gigantic fake candy I've made in my career it is un <laughs> you would not believe it I'm not even kidding you it's uncanny right. how many people want giant candy so I was like okay let me take this one step further and then so it was kind of a layered thing too because before pandemic I used to babysit for a friend fairly often and uh his son had dri- drawn a, a stick figure character where the stick figure was a heart you know with long spindly legs and stuff mm-hmm. i was like that's so cute a heart with legs and arms like yeah yeah and then yeah that's nice i just thought it would be i was like okay what's the most absurd version of a heart you know like what what does a heart costume look like and so i was like looking and most of the you know when you look at heart mascots that exist already it's literally just like a red you know, pillow with large googly eyes and a smile. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then I, I just like, you know, I had the idea and I thought it'd be really ridiculous. Yeah. Something more subtle. Uh, something, but there's a subtlety to it and something a little bit more serious. That's kind of what I was too. hoping that it would the, give it the shiny plastic. Yeah. Part. I was hoping right, it would yeah. give it like a little bit more yeah. humanity. Like, <laughs> I know it sounds weird. Cause right. It's yeah, the, humanity, yeah. but, it came yeah. across. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I also thought, I mean, yeah, I just thought the whole, like, I even chose, like, a strange color, like, a non, like, I think most people would pick, right. you know, pink or red for a heart-shaped character, and I was like, no, no, so like, yeah, I picked a pale blue just because I felt like that was more in the spirit. Yeah. Like, that's how sprinkles felt to me. Well, and you get the bag of those little chalky candies, too. There's, like, all kinds of bizarre pastel colors. And they're always, colors. like, a little bit weird. Especially if you get yeah. the ones... Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. off or like catch basin, yeah, right? Yeah, and even yeah. like like when I was looking yeah. at uh, reference photos to pick the the ink color for the actual lettering, um, man, those things are stamped all over the place, and and so it was a funny thing to like, do I exactly do I make how imprecise do I, can I go before it becomes like sloppy looking? Um, so I like added a little more texture inside of the interior of the actual letters themselves, like kind of chunky foamy bits that I like glued down with paint and then used like a, like a transparent paint over it. So it created like a irregularity that I felt like looked more, <laughs> more real. I really went there. It was kind of fun. It was, yeah. It was fun. So I made that, I made all of those signs for the mural. Um, that is, is in that video, the like lead paste poster thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that was a cool yeah. scene. Um, musically, like, um, it's definitely a, a completely different feel than some of your other stuff. Um, it's just, I mean, working with um, Barbara Bush, that kind of really kind of um, kind of pushed you in a different direction. Um, it also seemed like maybe some of the like the key the keys were a little bit different, or yeah, like just. Yeah. I've uh that's you man sharp ears uh Brad um <clears throat> I have been singing in choir since I was like three years old so you know they test you every year in in your like you are a and these this is your range and so like I was 
you know, I know that I am capable of harm. I harmonize, you know, I feel all the harmonies, all my stuff. So I know that I have like a like an okayly sized range, but you know, I don't work as hard at it as I probably could. And I also have had this limited, like this limiting belief that I am just like a alto seconds chrono, like pretty right down the the books. And I like my voice when I'm singing in certain keys, and so I tend to write in those keys. It just has been true, and I've never had thought about that like all of those things were true and I, and I technically knew them but I had never considered them one of right one of the subtleties with I mean kind of thinking things in more of an electronic pop exactly versus just playing rock rock you don't no. care you just go with what comes exactly. out of your mouth because that's what feels good but when you're looking at things in more of a pop context, it's all that, all those little subtleties and training. You know, you, you were in choir, so you have to start thinking about key signatures and um, where your top end is yeah. and all that. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds cool, but yeah, it's it's so it's different. Crazy different. And I think it's, that, that helps stand and, it out uh, too. Yeah. I think actually the hardest part for me was I would I would I was coming at it from a rock mentality of like, well, I already wrote the song, like, why are we even fucking right. with the key? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I don't get. It's not a rock tune. Yeah, anymore. I was like, why but, are we? Yeah. Do, this work is done. I'm ready to go. Like, why are we? Why are we? You know, being so careful. But I'm thankful, Brad. Brad questioned everything. Yeah. He questioned everything, and he pointed out to me something about my voice that I did not recognize, which was, I really, I think probably because I came from you know an acoustic jug band, then rockabilly, then. Hmm. You know, the baby money is right. you've seen it. It's very like garage rocky. Like, right. you know, we definitely have some Americana influence. We definitely have some surfy influence. We definitely have some soul influence. But it's it's like old school rock and roll. It's nothing complex or anything like that. And uh, I I was so annoyed at how many questions he was asking me. But when he started pushing and pulling my voice, he was like, "Dude, you are a lazy musician." <laughs> like what? <laughs> He's like, "You have the fucking." great voice if you're only using like one teeny tiny bit of it the part that's like the loudest and beltiest and like gringiest he's like you are being lazy <laughs> like kind of offended obviously but then he was it, it immediately hit me as true and i think honestly i hope to employ that going forward with baby money because especially yeah. my low register i've never heard recorded before and, it, and everybody's been very much like whoa is that you yeah. like Including me. I'm yeah. like, whoa, I sound good. <laughs> yep. Let's take a pause here and take a listen to the track Sugar Crust off of the Holiday Magic Visual Album EP. Thank you. 
what is the relationship between the two projects? Is Holiday Magic just that visual album and it's done, or is that just a mode of baby money? Or that, how's that well, all work? You know, <laughs> you just asked like the question, so good job again. Uh, your suits uh, interview style. The baby money to me is like a whole universe there's all these different characters and all these different like histories so the origin story is that baby money before baby money even ever picks up a guitar is you know a brand new college student in 1999 going to her first like diy house show and sees holiday magic perform and is like whoa i want to do that and then, like, has this tape from that night of seven songs, and that's it. And then, that so the, atten- the intention was for us to drop this holiday magic record as as if it was as a prequel, yeah, as like as if it was this found object. And then eventually, we had this cheeky idea that if we ever run out of material, we'll do a holiday magic tribute record as the money, with you know. Exactly, with the rest of these, like, lost tracks that we found, and, you know, we'd make, like, a whole, you know, relationship. So, the idea is that Baby Money sees Holiday Magic as, like, a a woman in the scene doing something unique, you know, that's very much, like, uh, quirkly her own thing, and gets the itch, which is similar to what happened to me in real life, like, you know, my first few DIY shows, I was like, oh, you're allowed to do that? Okay, now I want to do music. <laughs> like, now I know. Like, I always did music, but it was always, like, you know, in choir and band and stuff like that. And I uh, I actually had kind of put up music when I first moved to Chicago because I, I came to study theater and senior, scenery design and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to just, just do theater now. And, like, you know, even though I played a bunch of instruments already, I was like, no, no, no. And, you know, you can't, if you're a musician in your soul, you can't not. So I would sneak off and like borrow pianos whenever I could or right. borrow guitars or borrow. It's it an is addiction. an addiction and it's a compulsion yeah. and I'm okay yeah. with it. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's part of who you exactly. are as well. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah. for me, like coming to the city was, was like such a huge awakening. And I, and I wanted to show that baby money came from a, a totally different origin too. Like I really wanted to kind of, I tuned in on like 99, for the holiday magic release because yeah. that, that era of bedroom. It, it feels okay, like cool. That. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. era of rock you, nailed is like that. one of my favorites, like, but also that era of bedroom pop is like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. thank you. That's awesome. There's a, no, no, there's that, and then there was a lot of flaming lips yeah. sort of moments when I was just like, wow, you, you fucking channeled the flaming lips. And I'm like, I don't know anybody who's able to channel the flaming lips. Like, they're, they're on their own, like, ecosystem. Oh, my God, that's you know? such a like, compliment. Wayne is fucking out there. But they're, like, one of my Me favorite too. bands, and it's just like, and watching the video today, it's like, wow, yeah, yeah. And then, um. Um, yeah, like the, the third or fourth track, it really just kind of hit for me. I'm like, yeah, this has got that like art surreal sort of vibe that's going on that's with so it. Flat. And that then, is so flat. Uh, that is so, keep going, yeah. sorry. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> that's to keep going, really. So, yeah. 
and I mean, you're not like copying that style. It's just that you can hear that, like um, that aesthetic era. and that yeah. feel. It's coming through, yeah. And the the time and place for that, like late '90s, early 2000s, that's exactly what what, what that feel that's is. So cool. Yeah, yeah. For sure, I, I will say, like that yeah. that is like one of they're one of my biggest influences because they and yeah. them the gorillas like they they really yep. lean into the art side of it and they really consider the story. Exactly. So like their yeah. albums are like just oh yeah. they're like some of the only only albums that like I just occasionally like I have to just listen to in order like you know as they release it and just like close my eyes and like yeah. go back to you know 19 year old like me just like oh they're so good right um that's awesome yeah, yeah I would say Brad brought out I, a lot of that um yeah from the production standpoint yeah my heart has that music in it but I don't I just don't have that te- right. technical I, I, right. it's just such a different approach it's a different thought mm-hmm. process, right? Yeah, I mean, and somebody who's used to making beats and like dealing with synth layers and looking at it from a producer angle, where they're building up a tr- exactly. track by track, versus this is the guitar, this is the bass, there's my vocal. I want to harmonize uh-huh. on the chorus, and yeah. I'm done. Yeah, no, yeah. no, completely two different totally schools different, of thought, right? Totally different. And yeah, yeah. We're, we're definitely. Yeah. I will say, so Brad. You, you would ask like how that's going to influence the baby money sound. Yeah. But so like a, I, since I've been working on holiday magic and not performing, I've been writing a crap ton of music and, you know, yeah. as a result of, you know, because of my newness to video, I, I'm a film, you know, cinephile, like love. I especially love, music videos from that same era too like so i kind of went on like a yep. deep dive of music and video to kind of keep my as like reference for holiday magic and i and i think that actually influenced me more than holiday magic if that makes any sense like the fact that i've been yeah, the exactly process. the process of like kind of revisiting uh, younger me and like really now that i learned a lot about production from brad right you know sarah and i have never yeah gotten this picky with anything we've ever done you know small small enough stuff that we were like sarah and i have been mixing via zoom too by the way so it's very, it's very interesting um she, wow she, it actually in a way it's a little easier to have me on my own screen and her on her own screen instead of me just like breathing over her shoulder anyway like i actually can see it more clearly but it's been yeah it's all been bonkers anyway the uh i think yeah. like looking at all of those like early influences even more than um, the Holiday Magic material itself became like, has really changed my songwriting. So I think that yeah. is a big deal. And then, yeah, Brad teaching us about production with that, the track we released yesterday, yeah. Sarah. Yeah, You Are a Flower. It, it still carries some of that stuff from that set of yeah. music. And you're even referencing some content or some lyric points yeah. in that too from that, which I thought was Thank really you. cool. And But it's just like, kind of a i don't want to say rebirth or you know but it's like an evolutionary step for baby money then to kind of move on oh my with God. that right yes that and, feels if yeah. you said it so much more eloquently than i could have yeah yeah it's a huge it's an evolution for us and sarah you know cool we've had an extra year of the pandemic so now sarah's child is a year older so she has a little more time anyway it's, it's actually kind of interesting like yeah. serendipitous and it feels like rebirth and this is a, a 
You Are a Flower is a song I, I had written a version of shortly before the pandemic and had uh, given Sarah like a phone demo, month, you know, like a couple months in maybe. Huh. Um, yeah. And she's been like bugging me since then. Like, when are we going to record? 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 You know, like. So oh, that's I'm, awesome. Yeah, she, she really like, she really stepped up. So she's become kind of become like uh almost like a full partner oh, yeah. for you with the baby money sort of enterprise yeah then. she's okay, cool. she's like uh yeah it, it's interesting like baby, i we've actually talked about it like baby money still definitely is me and like you know yeah. the songs are still the songs i'm bringing but sarah is a good songwriter too sarah's a great singer she plays a million instruments also yeah. and you know she's an engineer by training and trade and um she's an excellent arranger she's like a soul sister you know so as we've gotten closer over the years the the right she becomes yeah like oh completely yeah, and the process kind of is like i'll get a song to like you know a demo-ish type state either just like you know it's finished enough that i could perform it solo or um like comfortably perform it out solo you know i do occasionally perform solo so sometimes i'll test this one out like that and just or i'll just give her a phone recording if i feel like it's complete enough and then uh the other way i'll do it is just like i said musical typing or whatever and i, I usually will take the song to what i would consider is like 85 percent done um there's mm-hmm. almost always a hole somewhere or a problem something that she is integral to fixing and she has a real keen ear for tempo, especially, and and she's a really good arranger. So sometimes, you know, I I really like writing very short songs, and sometimes she'll even as much as double a song in an arrangement, and it makes me feel so terrified and frightened when it happens. But then we'll play it through <laughs> once, and I'll be like, God damn it, you were right, you know? Like, so she's yeah. she is you know the mortgage to the down payments or whatever you want to. <laughs> okay. The, the financial she, advisor, you know the baby she money, is the, the financial payments. and yeah. spiritual advisor. That is the best <laughs> title for her. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm writing this down actually. I'm going to send her a text after this. That's really funny. <laughs> That's cool. I recently heard that. Oh, go and ahead. Then, Sorry. I was just going to ask too. The um. So with that too, like the visual aspect of that is going to be present with like material, like the idea of just putting out music just as an audio only format. Now that you've gone through this process with, um, you know, doing holiday, holiday I'm magic. like so addictive. Yeah, like <laughs> right now, now, now it, everything's got a visual element to it. Like you kind of got like a process for that in yeah. place to go. I with do, it. yeah, yeah, that's... and that's the oh, go ahead. yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I think that's kind of the future since living in this in the last year. The, the artists who've really taken advantage of that visual medium because they can't perform live have to do everything via mm-hmm. video. And now, I mean, would you say like video is kind of the table stakes of and putting a new release out or a new single? You I know? think it is now, especially like. Yeah. To get people's yeah. attention. And I yeah. think, you know, it's a, this is, I feel like it's, it's like twofold. One for me personally, I am a visual artist and a musician and I have never right. showcased one in, I never, I never connected that. the world. Like my day job. Yeah. If when, once my day job, right. <laughs> like, like I try to keep it kind of cool. Cause like, you know, you know, you don't want your boss like 
watching you shoot more shots at Montreux Saloon at 10 in the evening, you know, like, so, you know, right. but like, and like, we're not like that rowdy of a band, but like, you know, I just have always wanted the freedom to keep my music and as a, as a mode of me, truly me, self-expression, you know, and my day work right. is like how I pay my bills. I'm really lucky that I'm an artist and really glad that I have a creative job. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I know that I am serving a client. It is for somebody else's idea, and I just have to do my best job for somebody else. So I've never really given myself much of an opportunity to connect those two completely separate parts of my life. And, like, I'm a yeah. good visual artist. Like, I'm, I'm a good scenic artist, and, and, you know, I don't know if my actual, like – goofy ideas are worth any money but like i know how to make things i know how to make something look a certain way i know how to be scrappy with what's around me so you know all of this exactly yeah exactly like i just kept moving parts of my apartment around until the videos were done for holiday magic so now that i know i can do that i've kind of like reoriented even the way my furniture is set up in my current space is much more collapsible and changeable for just those reasons right I get that sense of it too. Like you were able to just pick up whatever tools you had laying mm-hmm. around and material and you just made art yeah. with it. And that's, that's commendable too. It's like, um, as opposed to like, Oh, I can't shoot it at a venue or I can't shoot at a, a place anymore. It's like, Nope, I'm just going to work. Like, well, you know, the whole, the bedroom pop thing. Like I'm just going to take that and make it an apartment basically. pop and just like completely so superlativeize it. And like, Yep, I'm gonna use my couch as a, a dance floor. Yep. yep. Yep, you got that right. And my poor couch had to just slide That's around. Cool. I feel like my bed and couch got the most like traffic of all of the furniture because it's right. so big, you know. So my poor couch was like in the kitchen at one point, so that I have room to like oh, be geez. in the in the hard costume because that thing is like a piece of furniture. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind yep. of fun, but yeah, I was I I was fortunate that I had like tools and stuff of my own and then I like know how to make things I'm right. really really glad but yeah my biggest limitation has always been that I kind of held this belief that video was like just completely unreachable for me and I'm lucky that I have you know an iPhone like think about if this was 20 years ago yeah. like I'm lucky that there are yeah. computer programs that are made to help people do this. Right. <laughs> putting yeah putting out music back then you had to go mm-hmm. to a studio yeah and- um, now you just do it in your apartment and, you know, you take it to somebody who can kind of exactly. clean it up or yeah. shape it. Yeah. And then you, you did, you are a flower. You did all that on your iPhone. Yeah, we did all the video. video. Yeah. Thank That's you. That's awesome. Uh, well, hopefully you'll get an Apple endorsement. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if Apple is tuning in right now. <laughs> Shot on iPhone. Yeah. We, well, Sarah's, okay. Yeah. So I am the worst. I hate self-promotion it bothers me so much yeah sarah sarah bothers me more than about doing self-promotion than i get bothered by self-promotion so thank dad for that she's like she's always like hey you should do this hey add a hashtag here hey you forgot the shot on iphone it's like yeah she's got an eye for it she's well she she works for chicago music exchange for a long time and then guitar center before that so she just like she knows what that stuff is supposed to look like and she doesn't have like yeah. the same like hangouts about it as I do because probably because it isn't you know she's my partner and it, so she she's not all like right. neurotic about the work itself in the same way. Um, 
Exactly. She's one step <laughs> removed from baby money because she doesn't have to be yeah, baby so she money. Can she can just understand. help baby money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. That's so funny. Right. But anyway, so she shot cool. the, the footage for, well, the outside footage for the heart costume stuff. And while yeah. we were shooting that, uh, she, after we shot that, we were both like, man, this iPhone looks like limp. I thought I was going to have to put yeah. like grainy, like VCR effect on right. it. That was kind of because the resolution might not be that right, good, but right? Yeah. The new, like my iPhone is yeah, a little older, fine. and it you yeah. can still yeah. shoot in in like more than HD, like which is better than your yeah. whatever. So anyway, I was like, wait yep. a second. And then Sarah's really so, so for you are a flower. Sarah did most of the filming so that I could be the like actually on screen. And Sarah, right. I gotta tell you, man, you she has act. a crazy weird like talent. So you know special talent for that kind of stuff and she um before this the you are flowers stuff she got a iphone gimbal i don't know if you know what that is it's like a stabilizing mm-hmm. thing yeah so yeah so, she, yep. so we like spent like you know exactly we spent like a uh, hundred bucks on this thing and then i just like made the costumes and scenery at my house and right then we went, went from there so that thing helped because we were able to then have like two cameras her phone and my phone at the same time um right and she could do like completely diy <laughs> and looks good oh, i mean it looks you. good and you know it's like one of those things where it's like there's certain things you leave to quote unquote the professionals right like you as a designer like people come to you for they want something a giant heart right. candy or interior design stuff mm-hmm. or whatever um but then there's that you as an artist where it's like i need new tools or i, I, I i'm the only one who can do this because it's just going to cost way too much fucking money to try to uh-huh. hire somebody so then you learn to use the tools and then yeah so it's like those two kind of paradigms that kind of but the paradigm is i think with the technology is accelerating the ability of the artist to kind of do I think more so too. i mean the so, fact that i went yeah, you know i studied right. you, have to think about yeah, it exactly like it's so enabling right, right? um mm-hmm. i uh oh no i was so, sorry my phone is giving us like yeah. echo so i'm just i mean i hope i didn't cut you off no you were gonna talk about like your background oh yeah oh i was um, about, when right. i was in college i was studying you know scenic art and props design and scenery and all that stuff and we barely did my mentor did all of his drafting by hand and all of his model making and stuff by hand. I mean, he incredible hands, you know, like beautiful drafting. And so I just like learned that skill by watching and helping him. And, um, it's, it's interesting. It's like, even as a draftsman, like I've always found myself to be really, really fast. And yet the technology is now so good that I can just take a photo and I barely even have to do anything, (laughs) you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, obviously different, different structure of folks, like certain people still really like a handmade drawing, certain people really. And like you said, like leaves the professionals for some stuff, but I think personally that the more accessible the tools are, the more accessible the technology is, the more accessible the knowledge is, like, Man, a girl uh, uh, that I really, really admire in town, 
uh, reached out to me after Holiday Magic. I was like, I've always wanted to do video, but it just seems so expensive. And I was able to immediately be like, nope. And I told her absolutely everything that I had learned. And I was like, good luck. And she's putting out videos now. You know, I feel like yeah, it just feels like it's a, it's a, the technology we have right exactly now like I said, I feel yeah. so lucky that of all the times and all the land right. that we would all have to shut down and stay home, we have exactly endless, yeah. endless possibilities. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I went through a very similar thing, I mean, last March where my bandmates were kind of, I mean, the, the other side of the pandemic was the more um, psychological yeah. and emotional stuff. Did you have any sort of downtime in the last year where you were kind of struggling with any of that? If you don't want to talk about oh, this, no, cool I, too. No, just I kind actually of, really yeah. appreciate it. I, I think it's important. I um, yeah. I actually yeah. had a really hard time immediately after finishing Holiday Magic. Like, because I, so I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I had a little bit of, obviously, the obvious, like, free fall sensation that we all felt. I was supposed to be... I was kind of not in the greatest place at the time, to be completely honest. I uh, I had just gotten promoted. I had a great apartment. I was feeling like I should be like on cloud nine, and I just wasn't feeling good. And I hadn't been home. To, I still haven't been, but anyway, I had this, you know, thirteen year gap that I or fifteen year gap. I don't even know how long it's been now uh, since I went home to my hometown because my family doesn't live there anymore and um I had a whole trip planned that I was supposed to leave on March 13th and it was this like this like 10 year long dream of this trip that I you know I was I was going to be going to the summer camp where I'd gone to summer camp I was going to see the a family that I babysat for you know I was going to see my dad is has passed away and is very there and I was going to and I haven't been able to visit that so I was I had this hope that the that period of time was going to be this like huge transformation and and I got furloughed on the yeah right I I furloughed on the 12th and I officially canceled my trip on the 12th um and so yeah that very first couple of weeks I was really in in a pretty dark place and then I I my business you know had the business I was working for um I was a designer for that company. They employed like almost 400 people and they had to lay off all but 70 people. So I was lucky I made, made it into the first round of layoffs because they were still hoping that we could just delay a lot of these events. So I was doing redesigns where I was like, you know, changing from a Mother's Day brunch to a Christmas brunch or this to that, like doing, you know, just like frantically trying to keep that afloat. And so the first couple of months I was working I mean, I was working at all hours, all night, all day. I, every time I wasn't working for the company, I was doing, that was when I was squeezing in, you know, music stuff. So when I got furloughed in June, my initial reaction was like, wait, really? I thought it would only be maybe a month, maybe two months. So I just tried to start getting the holiday magic stuff out as fast as possible to keep myself occupied, but also because I thought it would be the only chance I'd ever have to have that much time. Plus we weren't allowed to do anything. Like the city was in a crazy surge. It was summer. I was like, I have got to find a way to occupy myself. Um, so 
that kept me going, going, going. And then, yeah, in October, I actually finished the, the whole album, but I held it until February so that I could refine the video a little bit. And I also, you know, was trying to be more thoughtful about like, okay, should I, like, I tried to get a couple people to look at it in advance. Like some friends made a review, you know, just like trying to be a little bit more intentional. So, um, so anyway, again, I was occupied, occupied, occupied. So basically like right after holiday magic was like officially, like there's nothing left for me to do except wait for the show. So we're talking like now Christmas, I was like, in the in the doldrums i i ran out of steam in every department <laughs> and yeah i don't know it was actually around that time that sarah started getting more annoying about like hey but all this other stuff and my uh i think i had to move uh in january like my landlord raised the rent because that's a great idea right now um so I had to like move into this like temporary situation and like, yeah, I was just like the whole thing with, and you know, the holidays during the pandemic and the pandemic and the election and the insurrection all were all like there. Exactly. Yeah. And I found myself like unable to like focus. And I, and I remember actually just, I was talking to my boyfriend and I was just, who, who is also a musician and is a creative person. I was like, man, I don't know what happened. Like, I've been trying to do these guitar classes online for a month. And I, every time I pick up my guitar, I either sit there and like stare at a middle distance or I like kind of play around a little, but don't really make like nothing's happening. Like what is going on with me? You know, like my calluses fell off. Right. I was like, what is going on? Wow. Um, and I was aware of it happening, but every day, like, I would get that event of the day and I'd be like, oh, I should play hard. And it, that, that period only lasted a couple, maybe a couple weeks for me. And I'm too impatient to like not over busy myself. Um, but now, yeah, well, longer than a couple of weeks, honestly, it, it's been like a lingering feeling ever since uh, until, yeah. you know, we started warming up. And, and like now that I'm vaccinated too, that's been a huge, yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of a weather, kind of a um, a weather vein for everyone. I think that's you, you feel that uh, pressure is kind of off uh -huh. your shoulders, and you feel like you're at least you're safe and you can engage in society. And yeah, I'm, I'm same same for myself as well. It's like once I got my vaccinations done, I was like, all right, I'm ready to yeah. move forward. Yeah. You know, I'm ready like, to rejoin society. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I agree. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a couple weeks where I was in really bad shape, and then you know, coming, yeah. just like getting through the winter. I think the biggest thing is I just, I just couldn't keep track of time and was just finding myself like really kind of in this funny fog, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm lucky. I'm really lucky that I, I mean, I have a lot better circumstances than so many other people. It's almost like a luxury that I can be in a fog for a little while and just like let it, let it pass, you know, instead of, having to also do all these other crazy things. So I'm very yeah, fortunate. Sure. Anyway. So moving on to what's next. So, you, I mean, it sounds like you have a, a good catalog of stuff that you're going to be releasing. Um, do you have any, are you even entertaining the idea of doing live performances yet? Or are you still kind of waiting? And seeing? 
We're going to keep focusing on video as a way to perform right now, yeah. just because it's been, it's been really fun. It, it's conducive to some of the, some of the reasons that we weren't performing as a band, you know, in 2019, very often, you know, like I said, Sarah is the mother of two young kids. Her wife works full time right. and she's the stay at home mom. And that's a really hard job when you have yeah. two little kids. So video making actually works in our schedule and it still feels like a performance like releasing a video feels like releasing yeah. it feels like having a great like a show that you're really looking forward to playing yeah. you know um, absolutely like the those shows when you book them and you're like yeah and you're like dancing around like that's what it feels like when you for us that's what it has felt yeah. like i think so i think we're gonna keep doing that awesome. we definitely have three songs coming out through the summer with at least two videos um awesome and then you know, we're still recording some more songs, and I'm really excited about that. In terms of live, I would be very happy to play outside right now. Um, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I would love it. Fresh oh air is good. I, I just like playing outside <laughs> anyway. Personally, I know. Like backyard. Exactly. But you're thinking like backyard oh, type yeah. shows with, with some friends exactly. or. Like front yeah, porchy, right. back porchy, like Raji, yeah, let's right. hang in an alley. Like, yeah. Yeah, something like that would be right. so dreamy. I, I do have a couple of things like that that I think will happen this summer. Um, but cool. I think I'll just be playing those solo. I think Sarah will, will wait to come out of retirement until we have a really good show. But hopefully we will someday. Yeah. And I think yeah. the biggest thing for me is because of the limited amount of venues that are really like it, it's interesting different communities are having different yeah. experiences i think i think rock is really suffering yeah. and yeah. diy is really suffering yeah. Every, especially yeah. in the city proper i mean in the suburbs is a different story but um that's another yeah. story yeah <laughs> but yeah right <laughs> um yeah, it, it's hard to even think about it in, in, within the city limits right now of like shows well, and. My thing you know, is like, um, I, we're probably thinking the same thing. Oh no! I mean, I was just saying like I don't even know that it would be fun right now, and. Yeah, exactly. I feel this way about like you know, a lot of things right now where I'm like, man, it feels like more stressful to do it than not to do it. So like, if we could figure out as right. a you know, as I wish that the rock community had the same opportunity for a live streaming that other communities I have seen, like jazz, especially has been doing a really good job. I'm, yeah. I'm like so crazy impressed by how many live shows there have been of jazz. I just been like watching yeah. every single night on YouTube. It's crazy. Um, like yeah. local places. And I just wish, I kind of wish we had had that opportunity last year but at this point i think it's worth waiting and i also wonder yeah. you know empty bottle just re uh, released some dates that they're gonna be that they're selling tickets for yep. and they're doing these like three night residencies with bands that are you know bigger than us so like i think the biggest right. thing for us is like when are we gonna when are the smaller you know hometown babies exactly. gonna have a chance to play i really don't know because i yeah, that's the whole, um, like the whole thing you used to kind of have to fight up against with shows of like, okay, how many people can you bring, or, you know, so they can recuperate whatever business expenses that they have for the night or whatnot. Now it's such a a risk, and just the costs are more that yeah they're gonna 
bring in people that they know are going to uh, fill their capacity quotas. Yeah. So, um, so it becomes the money game again. And to your point, that's not fun, you know, because they got to worry about that. You got to worry about all the sanitation stuff with, okay, everybody's got masks on. Everybody's got their hand sanitizer. Everybody's six yeah. feet apart. Yeah, they're like, are we all you know, here? Um, I will probably. Well, exactly. Like, we all the logistics. Yeah, like, okay, right. Oh, your band has. Exactly. A grass section. Okay, so now we can have 20% fewer people or something like that. It's like, wait, what? Like. Right. I don't know how that yeah. all works, and I don't want to be the cause of anyone else's farm. Yeah. So, you know. Sure. Yeah, right. I don't know. What about you? So do you when do you think you'll be going to and or playing shows? You know, for up until this point, I mean, I've been interviewing different people from the scene, and some of them are, are talent buyers at venues. We, we, we both of us have probably played at, and you know, it, it's really a wait and see thing. Um, a lot of it is just insurance costs, it's yeah. business costs, it's people feeling mm-hmm. safe. I think that's the biggest thing. That's what I kind of see and feel myself. Of like, I'm not interested in going to seeing a show unless it's somebody that I've hung out with personally and like we're or they share my rehearsal mm-hmm. space and we'll go and hang out or something or, or your point, like a, a porch or a, a backyard thing, but like, um. Yeah, like booking a show, like my band hasn't rehearsed in over a year. Like we're all in different spaces with family commitments and finances and emotional mm-hmm. things right now. We're, we, we're minimally six months out from even being able to be like staged or roadworthy. And you, yeah, that and makes sense. It, it, yeah, it's just not there. And it's, it wouldn't be fun to try to force something together to like, oh, we can get on this cool bill with a band that – nationally would, would make sense for us but like we're just not there and 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 you know kind of echoing your point of like the creative process and writing you know I, for me it's like i have a uh, another album worth of material i'm finishing composing right now and it's like the other guys haven't even heard any That's of it so yet cool. so it's like all right we have the, but it's you know to that point of like i'm throwing myself into this just to get mm-hmm. through it and and now the the muse is fired up, so it's like I have to keep going until it's gone, mm-hmm. you know. Otherwise, it's just it's gonna just disappear and I'll stop again. So momentum's gone, but so that that space to create stuff and then looking at like what you you're, you've been kind of doing vi- video wise too, like makes a lot of sense because that's one it's immediate for mm-hmm. people too. It's another creative outlet. It's like, all right, now bringing a visual element into the stuff you're composing is just awesome, you know? And there's no risk for the audience. It's like they can watch it anytime they want. That's how it feels. It feels like, and it feels like a big show day, except that it's like, you know, it's a small, it's your small screen. And like, I don't know, for me, right? I think I would rather put out like one video every couple months than a whole album yeah. at this point with a shower tour. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's because it's, it is scratching the niche, the little itch, the missing itches, you know, like it kind of scratches yeah, exactly. the performance side. It, it allows us to keep writing new material. It allows us to connect with our yeah. people that we like, you know, um, yeah. it, it is something that is challenging, which is, you know, exciting, yeah. I think, actually. And one of the things we did when we were talking about it this time is, is you're like, okay, let's pretend 
just, you know, Sarah's schedule is a little bit limited. So for like the, this is what's playing in my mind, we need a time frame that we have to, to record the actual video sections. And I did record myself on in some of the scenes, like anything that's inside my apartment, I recorded by myself. Um, and then my boyfriend helped me with a couple of the stop motion uh, scenes. But Skinner did all of the rest of, it, of the actual photography. And so like, Right. Like, it was just really cool. We knew we had, like, a really limited amount of time, and it felt like, it felt like showing up at the bottle specifically for whatever reason, that timeline, where we're like, okay, we have this many hours, and we have, like, we have to, like, set up everything, it's going to be really crazy. Then it's just going to be fun for a while. Then we're going to have to, like, perform again. Then we're going to have to break down. Then we're going to have to wait. Like, and it's, like, the same <laughs> amount of time that we're going to spend doing one show, you right. know, for five people now. Right. You could have gotten through, uh, got something together to a point where it's ready for the next step for what you're exactly. going to release. Exactly, yeah. And it's kind of fun. And you're right, oh, people, it's, a, it's zero risk yeah. to our, our friends. Like, you know, and if right. they need it, like, I won't see them right. being loud and talking. I'll just yeah. not know. <laughs> exactly. Or, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's totally true. We have true. great friends and we have wonderful people that, like, support us yeah. but um this feels yeah. very low stakes for everyone and it's just as satisfying exactly. even if it's not yeah exactly. it's as it yeah yeah agreed yeah um yeah that's my train of thought but yeah i mean along that line too like just all the the logistics that's that's going to be coming back into like a show or live sort of paradigm now it's going to be twice as complicated right. i mean you know i i've always been you know, i'm gonna probably show my age but you know we have merch we have a pr campaign we have all that stuff too and it's just like all right well pr can be done online now and that's beautiful it's like it actually kind of lowers that cost a bit for musicians because it's like all the PR can be self-contained to just doing on via social media or on, you know, getting stuff out to different zines, yeah. you know, um, it's just so much more lightweight, you know, but like, you know, trying to do stuff for shows, it's so much work. I mean, even outside of the logistics of trying to get to the show, it's like, all right, you need a six weeks promotional cycle, try to get on, yeah. um, uh, radio yeah, shows and podcasts. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, um, and the thing I've been seeing too, like with the single strategy, it's kind of funny that artists and musicians are coming back to that after, you know, that was kind of the thing in like the 50s right. and 60s as people were pushing singles. But that's what we've come around to of like, that's the easiest thing to do with the tools we have now, you know, um, and for the attention span, you know, it's like singles or like the EP was kind of a transitional step down in a sense. And then like, all right, well, when you got 12 or 15 singles or whatever it is, then, you know, go release that on vinyl, I guess. But um, if you have the means yeah. to do it, that, that's the other piece, you know? Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would love to do that. We'll see. We'll see if we get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I keep hearing all of these these great things about smash plastic. And it's like, I got a quote from them and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to work with the local company. They, they, do, they do great, great work. work. But yeah, it is expensive. Yeah. I mean, just the material yeah. itself, it's like, it is. oh, yeah, right. And real people making something, of course. It does make, it is more yeah. expensive than me just getting out my little, little things. Right. Yeah. You know, um, 
Yeah, with our audience, it's like everybody's asking for, oh, when's the album coming out? When are you going to put this on CD? It's like, it's just not in the cards right now. I mean, it's all digital, you know. Uh, you know, the, the thing about carrying CDs was like that was just a codependency on live shows because we'd never sell CDs no, online yeah. or to be the handful. You know, that's just something that people buy when it, your merch booth at the show, and it's like. I don't know. I I've watched like all my merch bins just kind of kind of deplete, and I'm like, I'm no 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 hurry to kind of fill those back up because it's just it's yeah it's yeah, kind of like, yeah the economics are completely turned themselves on their head again with like being a musician, yeah, you know. I agree. I super agree, and I think it's, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of creative folks are having this kind of experience of just like for sure. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's that joke, right? That you're a musician yeah. puts like five grand's worth of equipment into a five hundred dollar right. car to drive fifteen miles to make five dollars or something like that. Like exactly, yeah. It's like the inversion. It's just like a, a triangle that gets smaller and smaller <laughs> until you get the the point of delivery. It's like, oh wow, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, I mean, the truth is, like, I I just think. Well, the, so the other project that I'm actually working on, right, my boyfriend is a jazz musician, and he is a bassist and composer. Cool. His name is John Sutton. Awesome. Uh, and okay. the two of us have been also writing music through pandemic that is very, even more different than Halloween Magic for me. Um, yeah. Like, we're going to go for, like, Ariana Grande style. <laughs> but I don't know what we're actually going to end up doing, but we're actually leaving town for a couple days and we're just gonna go like rent a uh little place on a farm to just like record in um oh nice and i think that we're gonna do videos for that too we talked about it because uh, again our dream would be to put it out of vinyl it is expensive for us you know if you have like Exactly. Yeah. Everything was weird. It was weird. Right. And people kind of sorted it out after right. some time. I feel like we're there again. Yep. So I think we had a pretty good yeah, chat. This is so um, nice. So, I'm super glad you're doing this again. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when you got some new stuff, we'll have you back on. and Cool. Thank you. you All too. right, Pamela. Well, it was good chatting with you. All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode with a brand new track from Baby Money and the Down Payments. This is You Are a Flower, which is available everywhere. And you can check out um, all things Baby Money and the Down Payments along with the Holiday Magic visual album um, on rockinchicago.org. Pamela also curated our uh, latest guest list uh, with some of her favorite Chicago artists as long as some friends she's played with regionally. And uh, that's also up on Spotify and YouTube for those of you who subscribe to those things. And uh, once again, thank you for listening. This is You Are a Flower by Baby Money the Down Payments.
again.